In a world filled with information, where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! Good morning. Today on the show, an update on the stimulus package that has finally been passed by Congress, what it could do in the short term and potentially even the long term. Plus, LPL financial senior market strategist Ryan Dietrich joins us this with Market Insights. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. And welcome to the Get Ready for the Future show, blasting all across Arkansas and, in fact, all over the world. Thanks for joining us on our live stream today on Facebook Live and on YouTube and for listening on the radio program. My name is Scott Inman, and with me to my left, John Shrewsbury. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning. And to my right, Janet Walker. Good morning. Just three of us here. It's a trio. Normally, we have four of us here, but uh, because of the... Uh, implementations that GenWealth has put in place in regards to our offices, and I guess that's a good place to jump off. I don't know that we mentioned that last week because we hadn't made that decision just yet, but late last week, John, we made the decision to uh, close our offices from the standpoint of client face-to-face meetings and going to a little bit more of a remote schedule for our advisors. The phone line's still open, the communication line's still open for clients, and uh, and, and people who are not clients that may have questions and want to talk to an advisor. But we are trying to uh, heed the recommendations of the state, of Governor Hutchinson, and try to uh, reduce the spread, uh, slow the spread of the coronavirus. Absolutely. Uh, the thing that we really made the decision to do was to limit uh, your contact with us in, in person uh, to try to, to uh, tamp down any issue that we might have as far as spreading of the virus is concerned. Uh, we've got to be here to be able to serve you. And so if we're sick or, you know, if we're concerned about our own health, then that's, that's a real problem. And so we decided last week that we were going to close our office beginning on Monday. I will have to say it has been uh, quite an experience <laughs> working, at, working at home. A uh, little bit different, but yeah. uh, it, it, it all works just fine. As a matter of fact, we've got the opportunity Scott, to do video conferences with people. If you've got even an iPhone, if you will, we could FaceTime with you. We could uh, do, if you have a webcam on your uh, computer, we can actually do a face-to-face conversation online. And uh, it's a little bit different, but it's really not that bad. You know, for years, we have done meetings just like that with clients who were out of state. Mm -hmm. So really, it's no different than that process. Now, you may be six blocks away from wherever we are, but if if you were six states away, we would have this meeting electronically. So we're set up to do the same thing now for you locally. And that really is in an effort, as John mentioned, it's really in an effort to protect you and your health as well as our team. So we want to honor that request from the governing bodies to uh, do this social distancing thing. But but we're still working very hard for you in the meantime. And uh, w- our thought process is as long as your money needs to be working for you, then we need to be working for you. It just doesn't have have to be from the office. Just a logistical comment that's going to have to be made right here live because I've got no other way to tell our guys, but we did not start our clock uh, on <laughs> so the segment, no so we have no is. idea when we need to take our first break. So if you guys could figure that out, do a little math for us while we're getting started here. So let's jump in with the uh, the breaking news, at least from the economic standpoint, uh, the effects that this, this virus uh, is causing and the response to uh, the pandemic, the outbreak here in the United States. Obviously, it, we're really only a couple of weeks in from where this began. I, I was talking to my wife this morning. It really seems like it's been a lot longer yeah. than that, but yeah. Yeah. it was two weeks ago tomorrow when really the spiraling effects of shutting down things like the NCAA tournament being canceled and then locally eventually the high school basketball tournaments and then everything continuing to go from there into where we are now. Uh, so almost two weeks for many folks who work uh, hourly or need to be mm-hmm. at work um, to be able to draw income, it has been a big time of hurting. And the Congress has finally passed a big, big stimulus bill. And, and the most recent quote that I've seen, guys, is $2 trillion, which if you think about – I'm going to set this perspective and then let you guys talk about the details. But the national, the United States GDP, in other words, what we produce on an annual basis is around 20 or $21 trillion, mm-hmm. right? So you think about that, 
that is a, about what 10%, we've missed, right? Yeah, it's about yeah. what we've missed or, or anticipate missing over the next month, a $2 trillion stimulus package. And I think the starting point for a discussion on this is this is not a bailout. This is not a corporate right. bailout. This is to help Americans who are hurting because they have not been able to go to work. Let me throw just a little bit of reality in here. What has happened at this point is the Senate and the the White House have made an agreement on this. I'm not sure since we have come on the air if the Senate has actually voted to approve it or not. Uh, but even if the Senate goes ahead and approves it, this still has to get through the House. It's so yeah, we're yeah, not out true. of the woods at that's this right. particular point just yet. And so uh, that's that's kind of where we are as far as the the actual uh, passage of this is concerned. But let's talk just a little bit about what this could do for folks. Janet, you've got some details on that that I know you want to share with with the listeners. Yes. Yeah, so um, according to the plan at this point, people making up to seven, I've started to say seven hundred fifty thousand. That would be just about everybody. People making up to seventy five thousand dollars a year are expected to receive checks for twelve hundred dollars. And then couples making up to one hundred and fifty thousand would receive twenty four hundred with an additional five hundred dollars per child. And we want to take a few moments to kind of talk about if we were in your shoes, what would we do with that? And and really, this this does need to be to help you survive through this crisis. And obviously, you know, we're talking to a broad spectrum of people. You could be in any situation individually as far as your, your circumstances financially. We don't know if we're talking to somebody who's you know got a solid emergency fund or somebody who does not and has tons of debt this needs to be to pay for the essentials if you don't have the ability to do that otherwise then you start looking at you know the, the categories normally are food shelter clothing and transportation Frankly, you don't have to buy any clothes in this interim. You know, just we're looking at food and shelter. That's what you need to be sure that you're able to maintain. If you're in a position where you don't have to really worry about that anymore, then use this as an opportunity to move your family forward financially. Whatever your situation may be, whatever area you need to focus on next, utilize this money for that. Janet, I have to offer some perspective from LPL Chief Investment Officer Burt White on how much $2 trillion actually is. This should be good. I love the way Bert thinks. So 12,000 BC was when the woolly mammoth was extinct. 32,000 BC was the earliest cave paintings. 43,000 BC is when Neanderthals invented music by making flipple flutes from bone. And 60,000 BC is the number of seconds that is equivalent to last night's $2 trillion physical mm. stimulus passed by Congress. Mm. Uh, we have no concept yeah. about yeah. how much money this is. Well, And, and let me just say, um, I, Scott, you have posted something on your personal Facebook page along these lines, and I know we've all talked about this. Whether you voted for the current administration or not, we need to take some time to think like we did after 9-11, and that is with unifying purpose and unifying thought. I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. Stop the divisiveness and everybody get on the same page, and let's figure out what we need to do as Americans to move forward. Mm. That is so critical. We are looking at the very foundation of a capitalist country is being threatened, and that is business. That is employment, and we have to stop paying attention to red states, blue states, Republican, Democrat. It does not matter. Look at who you are at the core. You are an American, and we need to look at how can we unify and move forward through this and everybody get on the same page. Janet, there is obviously some debate about, you know, what kind of effect this is going to have yes. on the country long term. I got to tell you, it doesn't matter. If we're not here, That's right. it doesn't matter. And and that is really where we are with this. If business stops, if people quit getting paychecks, then we're going to be in a really, really bad situation. And it's not going to really matter. I think that this is an all-in by right. the Fed. It's an all-in by, by uh, President Trump. It's all-in by Congress. We've got to do this so that we get this bridge loan, if you will, uh, to get through this virus and get on the other side of it and hopefully learn some lessons from it as time goes on. 
So we want to ask you again to bring your questions to us today, again, here on Facebook Live and on YouTube. So if you're following on Facebook or watching on Facebook Live, you can put something in the comment section, ask your questions. We are willing uh, to take those on as the program goes on. But when we take this next break, we're going to actually be joined by Ryan Dietrich. He is the senior market strategist at LPL Financial. We recorded this last week, so know that, but we talked about it on Friday. Uh, He has some great market insight on the other side of the break. Stay with us. The Get Ready for the Future show continues right after this. There's more straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money right after the break. Stick around. This is Scott Inman. At Genwell Financial Advisors, we understand that there should be more to retirement than just the size of your nest egg. Whether it's more time for family, a fresh start, or just stopping and enjoying life. Whatever it is for you, we know that your retirement should be more. With offices across central Arkansas, there is a GenWealth location nearby. Call 501-653-7355 or visit us online to schedule an appointment and harness the power of more. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member FINRA SIPC. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From GenWealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. Scott Inman, John Shrewsbury with the fastest four minutes in investing. Thanks for watching on social media. And on the Get Ready for the Future show today, our subject is survive or thrive. How to survive and thrive in your retirement. And you are all at a critical juncture in that, regardless of how close you are to retirement, with what's going on in the markets today, how volatile it is. What you do now or choose not to do can make all the difference. And we're going to talk a little bit about this concept, John, today of time in the market versus timing the market. I know a lot of people are worried about riding this thing down. They may be thinking about getting out, which we've talked about is the wrong thing to do for sure. They may be looking at, well, maybe I can get in at a certain time, right? If, we, if, we, if we've hit the bottom, now's the time to buy. That is really a fool's errand because yes. if you look at over time, and we're going to talk about missing just a little bit of the upside uh, in any given year, what that could potentially do to your overall returns. This is the essence of doing the wrong thing at the wrong time for the wrong reason and the result that comes from that. If you look at the studies, if you go back from 1990 to 2019 and take a look at the S&P 500 as a proxy, as an example, if you stayed fully invested in the S&P 500, you averaged a 7.7% rate of return from 1990 through 2019. So let's think about that, Scott, for just a second. That encompasses 2001. That encompasses Mm -hmm. 2008. It includes a lot of volatility that happened in the market in 1994. It includes the downturn that we had in 2018. And so clearly a 7.7% rate of return is, is a good return over that period of time. If you missed one of the best days that lowered your return to 3.9%. If you missed two of the best days, it lowered your return to basically nothing, just below 1%. If you missed three of the best days, it's negative 1.8% average rate of return over that period of time. Miss five of the best days, it's negative 6.3%. And if you miss 20 of the best days, if you're out of the market on its 20 best days out of that 20-year time period, think about it, Scott, actually a 30-year time period, Mm. think about it, you averaged a negative 27.9% rate of return. Right. So you think about what just happened earlier this week. We had the best returned since 1933 in a single day in the Dow. That's right. So if you'd stepped to the sidelines somewhere along this volatility over the last month or so and weren't in and got that best day, you would probably be headed, historically speaking, uh, towards some of these dismal returns. Clearly, that is a a big differentiator. Now, let's be honest, we don't know what the future is going to hold for us. And we certainly don't know when the worst days are going to happen. If we could, we would dodge those and only take in the best days. But the idea here is that it is not timing the market that makes fortunes. It is 
time in the market. And it's not picking an individual stock to buy into. As a matter of fact, a study by Chris Hogan says that, you know, most millionaires didn't make their wealth by buying an individual stock. Most of them did it by diversified portfolios and their 401ks, IRAs, things of that nature, or they owned a company, one of the two. But the key here in this episode of uh, the fastest four minutes in investing is if you want to be a successful investor, you have to have time in the market, not try to time the market. And Scott, I think that that is a great advice, whether we're in a volatile time like this, yes. or if it's happy days are here again. Yeah, in many respects, nothing has changed That's since right. everything changed. Right. That is the fastest four minutes in investing on this episode. The Get Ready for the Future show continues in just a moment. We thank you for watching uh, on Facebook and all across our social media platforms. And remember, you can see our live stream live every Wednesday at 1130 a.m. Back in a moment. Education-driven, strategy-based, team-delivered. That's how we roll on the Get Ready for the Future show. And we'll be right back. A smarter, simpler, more personal approach to retirement continues with the Get Ready for the Future show. Scott Inman, John Shrewsbury, Janet Walker back live streaming today on the Get Ready for the Future show as we do each and every Wednesday at 11.30 a.m., once a month, at least, we are also privileged to be joined by senior market strategist at LPL Financial, Ryan Dietrich. Ryan joined us late last week with his market insights. Here is now that interview. Ryan, as always, thanks for joining us on the Get Ready for the Future show. Always good to get your insight. And, and I know you have a very busy schedule these days uh, making the rounds for LPL Financial. So we're very grateful for the time. No, I'm honored to be here, and you guys just ask, and I'll keep coming back. This is this is a lot of fun to talk markets with you. Yeah, well, it has uh, obviously been a roller coaster ride. There's no question. I want to start with kind of a general uh, question. Obviously, when this uh, when the shutdowns began and the coronavirus cases began to go up quickly, there was kind of a shock to the market, and and that knee jerk reaction sort of was felt uh, very, very significantly. But since then, it, it almost feels like it's a little speculative. You know, they're the forward-looking nature of how bad is this going to get. And when you think about that, not knowing how long the shutdown could potentially last or when we might get over that spike or that peak of cases, what, what are you looking at when, in terms of how bad things will get and how long, how long we'll be looking at this situation? Sure. Let's put it in context, right? This was the quickest bear market in history, only 16 days from an all-time high to down 20% on the S&P 500. You know, we look back at history, 1962 and 1987 or some other times that saw cascades of selling, similar to what we've seen. Now, this was the fastest one, but nonetheless, what happened those two times? The economy actually avoided a recession and bounced back fairly quickly afterwards. So just kind of kind of be aware of that. But, you know, what's going on? I mean, <laughs> the, every day is more bad news, right? Every day we're just kind of hit with bad news. We're hit all these things. But what's, what do we really need? We need some certainty. The reason we're selling off is uncertainty is so high. Let's just get some bad news, right? Just some certainty, even if it's bad news, that could be what the market needs to try to find some type of a bottom, because a market with uncertainty hates it. And that's why we've seen one of the most vicious three-week sell-offs in the history of the stock market, because no one truly knows. Literally, you know, two weeks ago, no one said it'd be, people didn't think it'd be a recession. Now we may be in one, right? Things mm -hmm. are happening so fast. Treasury Secretary Mnuchin said two weeks ago, no recession, then this week said there could be 20% unemployment. Now, that was kind of a ploy about trying to get the fiscal plan through, but that just shows you how fast this is going. And with this much uncertainty, that's kind of why the market's kind of, fall, the wheels have kind of fallen off here. Ryan, let's take a look at, back at other uh, situations that we've been through and and not necessarily focus on the downturn, but let's talk about the, the recovery when and it, when it comes and, and, and at what particular point in time. And I want to think about 9-11. Let's talk about that time period. Let's also talk about 2008. We saw recoveries fairly quickly. I think it was like 57 days before the market rebounded back to where it was from 9-11. It took a little while maybe a year or so after the 2008 bottoming. What do you think in terms of rebound are we looking at from this? I personally think that there's going to be a lot of pent-up demand. You put me in a room for two weeks someplace, and I'm ready to go <laughs> spend some money. I'm ready uh -huh. to go do some things. <laughs> 
You know, John, I worked from home for the first time during all this crisis yesterday with my three kids. I was ready to leave, right? I, I couldn't take it. I mean, talk about pent-up demand and being pent-up. But you're right. I mean, what we've seen historically is these Vs. When the V goes down, you can have the V on the upside, an upside recovery. When you look at all the fiscal policy and monetary policy, which we'll probably dig more in a little bit later in this interview, that is there to bring bring us back in a hurry. And we've taken a look. You know, when you have these bear markets, you know, there have been 12 of them since 1950. We're down 20% or so. If you can, I'm sorry, 14 of them. There's been 14 of them. When you avoid a recession, within 10 months, you tend to make up those those losses. Now, if there's a recession, which tends to be a deeper correction on the stock market, it's about 30 months on average. Again, we think we're probably in a recession here, but we think it's going to be very short, potentially very violent to the downside. But in terms of the, the length of this recession, you know, a couple months out, we could start to see some recovery. And that's, again, what makes all this so difficult. The second quarter numbers are going to be terrible. Third quarter, fourth quarter could be almost to the upside just as good, though. Ryan, I, I want to switch gears just a little bit and go from research mindset to actually a personal question on this. Um, when we get those checks, if it winds up being $1,000 and it comes to the Dietrich household, what are you doing with your check when it comes in? Hmm. I was going to joke by toilet paper, but uh, you, can't, you, can't even, you can't even find that. And I'll tell you, people have asked me this. You know what? I mean, literally, here's my phone, right? I get texts all the time. I know you guys do too. What should we do? And just an hour ago, a buddy texted me. He said, how bad is it? Should I get in cash? I said, no. Things are 30% cheaper than they were. What I've done, I've actually upped my 401k the next mm-hmm. couple of paychecks. My kids, 529s, mm-hmm. I've actually added some more money this week. I wasn't planning on it. I mean, this things if you have a 10 to 20-year horizon, and I know it's hard to view that long for most investors, right. but if you do, this is a really good time. We've all heard the saying, stock market's the only place where things go on sale and people run out of the store screaming. That's and that's right. exactly what we're seeing. And to me, hey, is it the bottom? Who knows? But are we going? is the stock market going to be a lot higher 10 to 20 years from now with a 30% drop right now? I think history says yes. So that's kind of what the Dietrich household is doing. Honestly, if you sent me a thousand bucks, maybe I'd, I don't know, maybe well, you can't even get food. I'm really a big fan of DoorDash. Maybe I have some food show up. You know, I love people bringing me food, but that's, that's a lot of DoorDash. But hey, that sounds good to me. <laughs> so, so to that end, when you talk about buying opportunities, you know, you, you've seen some of that restaurant delivery, those companies, those, those mm-hmm. stocks have really skyrocketed, you know, and when you think about sectors of the economy that might actually hold up during this process, are there any that you're looking at? All that, well, I mean, <laughs> it's few and far between, I yeah. guess, but you're right. Some of those deliveries. And let's talk about the economy now versus maybe the financial crisis for a second. You know, the financial crisis, what really happened, it started Bear Stearns. Lehman Brothers, guys who made a ton of money were the first ones to lose their job. The first ones to lose their jobs, obviously, during this crisis is going to be Main Street. So this is a business crisis, not a financial crisis. That's a major, major difference. They're both still bad, and they're both probably both still going to be recessionary. But that's a key difference, I think. And that's where so many people are going to be so much more on edge because, you know, you're going to need those $1,000 that the checks are going to get or $500 per, per child is what they're saying, potentially in the month of April and maybe another one in the month of May if this keeps going. And we just don't have precedent for what's how quickly this is going to devastate the economy. But hopefully that fiscal plan can bring back some confidence. Monetary, uh, the Fed, the backstop is there to bring back confidence in the credit markets and bring back liquidity. And if we have a recession, you know, hopefully it can be short and sweet. And look what the what the government's saying, right? They're saying, we're going to give you a, a, a bailout, but if you fire any employees, you're not getting your bailout, right? I mean, it, they're really saying, keep people employed as much as you can if you're going to take money from us. And that's a unique way to look at it, but that makes a lot of sense, I think, here. Ryan, I want to go to a topic that isn't being talked about in this a whole lot because it got overshadowed by the corona outbreak uh, in a very quick way. Mm-hmm. But uh, the thing that's going on in the oil markets and and what's happening with Saudi Arabia and Russia, uh, obviously, this is in some quarters, uh, I think, a play to get us off of our uh, supremacy in terms of energy independence. But a lot of oil companies are out there working on borrowed money. This can't be good news for them, uh, this compound effect of the oil prices being slashed in this uh, oil price war and the coronavirus on top of it. You want to talk a little bit about that? 
Yeah, John, you're right. I mean, let's keep this real simple. Energy stocks, just earlier this week, were trading where they traded 25 years ago. I mean, think about that, going nowhere for 25 years. Obviously, energy stocks have been crushed uh, the last couple of weeks, specifically from last Monday when the, the price war started and oil had that 25% one-day drop. Now, I guess it was yesterday on Thursday, oil had almost a 20% gain, one of the largest gains ever. So it's extremely volatile. But the bottom line there, yes, there's clearly being pressure put on the United States, which was the top producer in oil, about 12, uh, 12 million barrels of oil a day. And now this outside pressure is coming to impact us. And what's it mean? You know, I don't want to get too geeky with this, but the high yield market, uh, that is being pressured. That About 10% of that is energy companies. And high yield spreads are blowing out a little bit here. And historically speaking, that happens ahead of a recession. So you're pressuring oil companies. They can be that first domino to fall, which can kind of continue things and lead to a inevitable recession. And that's just, uh, you know, it's an election year too, right? So all these different parts at play, uh, but the coronavirus is kind of leveled to it. The oil war and the coronavirus, those two things hit boom, boom. And that's why we've had one of the worst three-week sell-offs we've ever seen in our lifetimes. Ryan, let's let's circle back to what what you keep referring to as a business crisis. By the way, I, I mm-hmm. love the the term on that. I think that gives us a very clear picture. It's something we've talked about here at GenWealth a, a significant amount so far. When we look at the very measurable percentage of the country that is employed by small businesses, then we have a concern about what does this look like, let's say, six months down the road. Coronavirus is done, but if they have to close the doors and they have to go find a job at you know an, a larger employer of some type, what does that look like? even a year or two or three years down the road in terms of the impact on just how we operate day in, day out, because so many people are employed by small businesses. No, that's exactly right. And this fiscal plan that I talked about a little bit ago that should hopefully come out next week, a lot of that, there's going to be loans for small businesses. So hopefully there can be some type of a little bit of an olive branch there. But but again, we've never quite seen anything like this, so we don't know. But my take on it is this. Things are going to change, right? People are going to lose their jobs, and they're not going to just bounce back. They're not just going to find another job right away if they're in the services sector. The stock market very well is a forward-looking mechanism, which is a good thing for long-term investors. So the stock market might come back. You know, some big companies might come back, but those small businesses are really impacted. My father-in-law owns a restaurant down in Cincinnati. Um, you know, that is being incredibly impacted right mm-hmm. now with what's going on. Yeah, you can offer, you know. Um, carry out or delivery, but it's not the same, right? And so many people are being impacted. So it is, it is a very, very unique situation where, you know, I, I saw a number this morning, guys. They said that the initial claims that comes out on next Thursday could hit 2 million, okay? It was 200,000 not that yeah. long ago. I mean, yeah. that is a, it's not laughable. I don't mean to make it sound funny. It's just so unbelievable right. at how quickly this could take place. Well, we've got about a minute left. Just real quick as we wrap up here, Ryan, what, what's your best advice for investors right now, just overall with what's going on in the world? Yeah, I mean, the stock market's priced in a recession. So much bad news is priced in right now. If we can get any just less bad news or, hey, heaven forbid, some actual good news, you know, this we can have a substantial bounce back to the upside. So just because we're in a recession, or it doesn't mean it have to last forever. The last recession lasted almost, what, 18 months? You know, this could be, hope, let's hope, two or three months, and then we kind of bounce back is kind of how we're looking at things here. All right, Ryan, we're going to leave it there. And once again, our thanks uh, for carving out some time for us here on the Get Ready for the Future show. We always enjoy your insight, and we are uh, grateful for you to take some time for us. Anytime. Thanks for having me back. Ryan Dietrich again from LPL Financial, Senior Market Strategist. Our thanks to him. And just an update on where we are today. The Dow up uh, 4.4% currently in the S&P, up nearly 3% as we talk to you uh, right now. And the Get Ready for the Future show continues on the other side of this break. We'll be right back. Are you following us on social media? Search for GenWealth on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at GenWealthFA so you don't miss out on behind-the-scenes photos, money tips, and informational videos. The Get Ready for the Future show will be back after this. Education-driven, strategy-based, team-delivered. That's how we roll on the Get Ready for the Future show, and we're back for more. Halfway through today's program, we thank you again for watching on Facebook Live and on YouTube. 
Hey, do want to take just a moment to mention, uh, we talked last week about uh, we are uh, postponing our Gen Wealth Academy workshops, in-person workshops for the time being in response to um, the requests by state and federal governments to social distance, and we are uh, heeding those recommendations for sure. But we are going to have an opportunity for you to get some education um, and get updated on what's going on with the markets in this uncertain time. I want to tell you about the Gen Wealth Virtual Town Hall that we have scheduled, and it is coming up on March 31st at 7 p.m. on Facebook Live. John and Janet will be a part of that. It will be very similar, I think, to what we're doing here. It maybe yes. will be. Uh, I guess backstopped a little bit with maybe a few more visuals than maybe mm-hmm. we have on a day-to-day basis here, but it will be a Q&A, an opportunity for folks to comment and ask questions and really get some information as we do every week on this show. Absolutely. We, we believe that at a time like this, you need to have facts over fear. And so that's why we're doing a virtual town hall uh, on Tuesday evening at seven o'clock. Now you can go to our Facebook page and go ahead and register there. And I would encourage you to do that right now because I don't know technologically how much, uh, how what the capacity of this is. So if you want to be a part of this town hall, go ahead and, and say that you're coming to the event on our Facebook page. That's facebook.com forward slash GenWealth. Just click on that you are coming to the event and, and you can uh, do that. We were go- we're going to have Ryan Dietrich back on with us. We're going to talk about some things that are breaking out right now in terms of scams that are going on as far as the coronavirus deal is concerned. We're going to have lots of good information. And most of all, we're going to work on your mindset. We're going to teach you the things that you need to be thinking about because there's plenty of folks out there that want to tell you how to think about this. We want you to have the facts. We believe in facts over fear. We said when this whole thing started that you could you could decide to be uh based in fact, or you could decide to be based in fear. And those that are based in fear are going to do the wrong thing at the wrong time for the wrong reason. And they're going to go the way of other people that have been through this before in 2008 that made those wrong decisions. So guys, we're going to be uh, live on Facebook at uh, seven o'clock Tuesday night, this coming Tuesday night, uh, March 31st. And uh, we'll take comments on Facebook. We will take your questions on Facebook and try to answer those questions. So this is your heads up right now to be a part of this Gen Wealth town hall a virtual town hall this time janet when we did this before in 2008 we did real town halls yeah we we did and one of the things that we really enjoyed about that and i think one of the reasons that people crowded in so much is that we were there to answer your questions and in 2008 if you'll just take a moment and reflect back while it was a different fear it went well maybe in addition to the the fear that is medical right now there's all this fear about the markets and everything so it was a different experience in 2008 But nonetheless, there was a lot of fear for people, and so they had a lot of questions. And we believe that education takes care of a lot of fear, frankly, that it will alleviate that for many of you, at least to some extent, because if you have a better understanding of what's going on, you're not as fearful. So back in 2008, we did town hall meetings in person to bring people in and say, what questions do you have? And we'll answer everything that we can possibly answer. We want to be able to do the same this time, obviously with the social distancing uh, rules that you know we need to honor at this point to be able to help stop the spread of the coronavirus, then we're not going to do this in person, but you can still get your questions answered. So one of the things I would ask you to do, obviously there are people out there who are, who are already following us on Facebook, share this with your friends on Facebook. Let them know about it because you have friends who don't yet know that there's going to be a town hall meeting, that they can get some of their questions answered. This is a great opportunity for you to help them have some peace of mind about understanding what's going on with the markets and how that might impact them financially. So be sure to join us and be sure to share it with your friends. The theme of today's show, survive or thrive. I want to kind of bring that into light as we talk about where we are today. Uh, we mentioned um, that we would be talking about how do you will spend your retirement. So thinking about surviving and thriving in those contexts, but that also is applicable to right now with your investments, particularly. I, I think people are in survival mode rather than thinking about thriving, but there are ways to still have both of those in mind when it comes to your retirement. You know, you think about 
what we talked about with Ryan last Friday was when we recorded that, and the market was significantly uh, down again last week, but it has rebounded a little bit. We talked about where we are today, uh, yesterday, really in light probably mostly of the news that that stimulus package uh, was likely going to eventually mm-hmm. happen. The Dow had a kick of up over 11% in a single day, biggest since 1933, I believe. The S&P was up nearly 9%. But does that mean we're past this? No, there's no question about it. It's going to be a jagged ride uh, for the upcoming months. And when you think about, John, the bottom so far, and we hope that that's the bottom, we were down about 37%. Right. What you have to actually get to rebound to even is more than that. Because if you're talking about a rate of return, a percentage is now off a smaller number. So you have to get a bigger return to get back to where you were. Yeah, absolutely. The If you think about the the math of uh, mm-hmm. the, the arithmetic of loss. So we were down about 37%, as you said. Yesterday, we were back up 12% on the Dow and back up about 5% today. And that's good progress. But here's what you need to know. In order to get back to where we were after a 37% loss, we need to get over 53.6% gain in the market just to get back to yeah. even, if you will. I think it's easy for people to understand this when we talk about it in terms of what happens if you have $100,000. So we can do easy percentage math with that. So let's say if your $100,000 goes down by 10%, that puts you at $90,000. Well, if you then have an increase of 10%, that's now 10% of 90000 not of a hundred, And so it's only going to go back up to 99,000. So you would actually have to have an 11% increase to get you back to that break-even point. But if we break this down with a little bit larger numbers, if we went down 50%, so the $100,000 goes down to $50,000, well, a 50% increase is only going to get you back up to 75,000. You would actually have to have a 100% increase if we had a 50% downturn in order to get back to that high point that you had previously. So just understand that you know down a certain percentage and up the same percentage does not put you back at a break-even point john guys this is the reason why we say to not panic and not get out of the market and not go to some fixed income come on that somebody's throwing out there at you to try to prey on your emotions because it locks you in to basically never getting back to where you were before. Yeah, and I think it's important to note we're not telling you that to discourage you. That is in, it is intended to, back to our theme, survive and thrive. You've right. got to understand that even when you're looking potentially in the future and the Dow and the S&P have gotten back closer to even, that you're thinking your account's should be higher, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to mm-hmm. take some time. Time is really the thing that tends to historically heal all moon, all wounds in the market, and you're going to have to endure that. Um, and when it happens, that's really the big thing. When you talk about mental toughness and surviving and thriving, this is not going to be a short term. You know, I was reading an economist uh, the other day, and they talk about in terms of is this going to be a V-shaped recovery where we go straight down and straight back up? Is it going to be a U-shaped recovery where it's going to kind of hang around the bottom for a little while before we actually get back up? Or is it going to be an L-shaped recovery? And that's a longer-term recession, right? It's going to be a little flatter down there at the bottom for a little while before it comes back up. And we don't know the answer to that. The big variable, the big unknown is how long are we in shutdown and how long is this outbreak? Does it have us in its grasp? As uh, Clearly, we have got to be in a situation where we have the opportunity to gain back what we've lost at this point. And Scott, I think it's critical that uh, people stay on point on their financial plan. So what does on point mean? It means that if you built your financial plan, like we build plans here at GenWealth, we built in cushion, if you will. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have the floor of income, the guaranteed income that partners up with your social security and any pension that you have. We have that floor that's in place. That's not, that, that has not been affected. It's not going anywhere. So you've got that going on. And then as far as your equity holdings are concerned, those are all pushed out to where you probably don't need to even touch those equity holdings for at least 10 years, maybe even as much as 15 years. And so you need to allow the plan to play itself out. John, I want to get you to cover 
or something uh, for for our client base a lot of you have uh, some type of an annuity product to help you cover those required expenses and there are different companies so we're not even going to talk about them by name but the concept of if your social security and pensions if you had that if those were not enough to cover your required expenses then we probably covered that gap with some type of an annuity product and John in our contact with clients this week one of the things they have asked us is is such and such company okay I mean I know my account values down but if we're going to those guarantees then are they okay and are they able to cover that and our, our short answer is yes they're making money hand over fist right now but John's going to go into the details of how they're doing that even though the market is down different companies have different techniques Janet and I will say that that it really does vary which company uses what technique but essentially what they do in order to be able to guarantee income they do two things one is they reserve money and they reserve money in very safe investments and those are intact with those insurance companies the other thing that they do is they employ hedges what is a hedge a hedge is simply a bet against a risk that that they may be taking so what is the risk the risk is that that you may live a long time and they have to provide you guaranteed income for the rest of your life well they hedge that risk and if they are invested in the market they hedge that by buying what are basically called put options now again this is way more complicated than we have time to go into today but they are basically hedging that risk against what's going on in the market so theoretically what's happening is is that an insurance company is buying put options on the market the market does what it's done, they exercise those put options and they have the capital to be able to pay you that income for the rest of your life. And so that's the quick lesson, sure. if you will, on annuities. More to it than that, but that is that's essentially how you hedge that risk or transfer that risk to an insurance company. We transfer risk all the time. Think yes. about it. We transfer the risk of, a, of somebody running into us on the highway to the insurance company by buying car insurance. We transfer the risk of, uh, of losing our income from a, uh, a produ productivity standpoint by buying life insurance. So if you died, your family could continue to have that income come in that you were providing in the form of a paycheck. This is no different. You are insuring the income that you need to have to pay your basic expenses by buying some type of guaranteed income product from an insurance company. We need to take our final break. The Get Ready for the Future show continues right after this. Your retirement should be more. More what? More than just investments. More about you. Find out more when the Get Ready for the Future show returns. From the Gen Wealth Radio Network Studios, we're back with more of the Get Ready for the Future show. Talking about surviving and thriving, how will you spend your retirement in these times of uncertainty? It can be really tempting, really emotionally charged to think about getting off of the financial plan that you may have, or if you don't have one, it can really be emotionally charged. John, you talked about being on point with your financial plan. I, I want to share... Uh, a phone call or the contents of a phone call that I had with a client yesterday. And Janet mentioned we've been making a lot of them, yes. checking in with the clients, just seeing how they are health-wise, um, seeing how their family's doing, how they've been affected career-wise, income-wise, uh, just checking in with them. But they all have financial plans. Our clients get those here uh, at GenWealth. And, and one, of the, it was one of the clients I talked to yesterday, she's a, she's a single lady, came to us last year uh, hoping to retire, expecting to retire in about five years. Um, and she actually came to us in 2019 following the downturn we had at the last quarter, in the last quarter of 2018. And that got her thinking about the need for a financial plan. So that kind of resonated with me thinking about how many people are thinking about that uh, right now as well if they're closing in on retirement. But she said she was so thankful to have made that move because her financial plan is in place. Her required income is not going to be affected by what's happening now in the markets. A portion of her portfolio is not being affected by the significant downturn in the market. And a portion of her portfolio is being affected by the downturn in the market. But those are long-term investments for usage later uh, in her plan. So the bottom line is, is she was five years from retirement. She is now four years from her retirement goal. And Janet, she is still on track for yeah. hitting that age 65 in her case and she actually uh, said that she'd been talking to some coworkers. She is one of the uh, 
deemed essential businesses that is still opening we're open working there and she said her co-workers know that she's about four years for, yeah. from retirement she said are you worried they asked her are are you worried and she said no and that, that was very comforting to hear but it's also highlighting what we've been talking yeah. about in this show the need for a plan because the plan dictates the investment strategy not the other way around well and i would say scott that most people who are investing for retirement frankly do not have a plan it it's not about whether they have a good one or a bad one they just don't have one at all and it's so important for you to get that plan together and as we've been making these calls to our clients recently it's been frankly very reaffirming to us and to them that what we have been doing in putting together those buckets of money as we call them for different time periods that it's doing what it's supposed to do. So we have a short-term bucket that is utilized in the first 10 years of retirement and those buckets are doing fine. They're they're supposed to be more conservatively invested and so they've not seen the impact that you're hearing about in the markets, quote unquote. And then the the more a little bit longer term bucket, the more moderate term bucket, where we would use that from years 11 through 15. That's normally in something like real estate. And I'll tell you, real estate doesn't care what the stock market is doing. Just as an example, um, if you think about Amazon stock has reacted to what the market is doing because it's it's part of the market. But Amazon is still paying rent on their distribution centers and that rent payment isn't changing. And so real estate does not care what everything else is doing. It's not correlated. So that's been really good. And then that takes us into the more longer term bucket, which is money we're not going to need for a decade and a half from day one of retirement. We've got 15 years before we need that money. And yes, that that account, those accounts, plural, are down, but it's okay because we have a decade and a half before we need that. So it's important, yes, to have a plan, but it's also important to have a plan that is prepared for times like these. I had a gentleman who contacted me um, at the beginning of the week this week, and he said, it's almost like you guys saw this coming. And and my reply was, we didn't see coronavirus coming. Right. We didn't see the details of the whole oil deal going on. But we knew that there would be another storm. The difference is we talk about the crisis du jour around mm-hmm. here. There's always a crisis du jour. It has a different label, and the details are different. But it's going to happen again. So even if If you have taken a hit on this one, get your plan together. You are where you are for right now. We can't change where you are, but we can have an impact on where you will be in the future. It's time to get your plan together. I want to take to the other side of the equation on this because we've been talking about how emotionally tempting it can be, John, to pull everything out uh, on the way down and lock in losses, as we basically have said here in the program, and and hide in cash, and that's a a risk you don't want to take. But the other side of the equation is I think a lot of people are looking for buying opportunities here, Mm -hmm. and they – that – thought process can get polluted as well. Don't get greedy during this time because let me tell you, I've seen it on my social media feeds. I've seen it on television commercials. Everybody's kind of more plugged in right now and people know it. And I've seen everything from buying gold uh, to day trading. Hey, I'm going to teach you how to day trade even during this uncertain time. Yeah, I had to talk uh, someone out of investing all of their retirement money and it was a substantial sum they wanted to invest all their retirement money in the stock of one single company yesterday. And I was like, mm, nope, we're not going to do that. And, and, and we, we bought a little bit, but I will tell you that, that, you know, there are, there's fear and there is greed yeah. and you've got to be careful about that because who knows what's going to happen with one single stock. Who knows what's going to happen with one single company? What if your sure bet proposition on that one single company doesn't come to pass? What if the CEO of that company, heaven forbid, were to drop dead of a heart attack and the stock plummets because, you know, of an unforeseen circumstance? We just don't know what's going to happen. Diversification works. That's why it's been around all this time is diversification works. Here's what you need to understand, Scott, about day trading. 78% of all day traders lose money. Hmm. And if you think with your information and your buddy at the water cooler or your buddy down the street that you met walking the dog during the the social distancing thing, and he yells across the street at you and says, hey, you want to get in this stock? I'm telling you it's a big... 
That's not what you want to bet your financial future on. If you've got some fun money that you want to throw at something, that's fine. You don't want to do something like that. So when you begin to do things like invest a significant part of your net worth into a single company, you have gone literally from investing to speculation to absolute gambling. Mm. And that's what that is. It's gambling. What happens if that gamble doesn't pay off? Well, that is what I liken it to is gambling. Because if you mm-hmm. if you have ever been to a casino, you've seen people who are on top of the world, and then that same person a day or two later could be uh, not be able to put gas in their car to go back home. That's that, right. That's how dangerous that is. So we would certainly say that is not in the plan. And as you mentioned, you put some of it, the, the, your client put some of it in that particular stock, but that's not included in the plan. That's, that's not right. included in what has to happen for retirement. And, and, and ultimately, that's where we are. Uh, when we're planning is that is the end goal. We want a successful retirement. We've talked about it on this show before, Janet. It is not about a outstanding, really oftentimes unrealistic rate of return. Right. It is about the outcome. Yeah, you, you've got to have a label and a purpose on those dollars, which is what determines the, the goal for them, if you will, performance-wise. So, again, it all comes back to having a plan. Uh, we will ask people many times, you know, if it's if it's not 401K money, we'll ask them what their label is on those dollars. It has to have a purpose. Guys, I want to take a minute to talk uh, one more time about the virtual town hall meeting that we're going to be doing on Tuesday, March 31st. It's going to be at 7 p.m. You can join us on Facebook Live. So uh, we know that uh, you're sitting at home with not much to do these days and so we're going to give you an opportunity to ask some questions about whatever is on your mind with regard to what's going on with the markets right now with the economy we want to be very open with you about what we know and what we see uh, you know coming as far as in the future is concerned and just give you that opportunity to join us so be sure that you join us on Facebook live on Tuesday March 31st for our virtual town hall and also share it with your friends I think it'd be a great great opportunity to introduce them to an, an opportunity to get some financial education. And, and sharing that with your friends is easy. All you have to do is just uh, share it on Facebook and, and they can pick up on it and register there. And, and I would encourage you to do that sooner than later because we may hit capacity on the technology side of things. A couple of updates. The governor did tweet to just earlier this morning that he will be holding his press conference again at 1.30. So that's upcoming. You get the latest on the uh, coronavirus pandemic uh, and its effects here on Arkansas. The Dow still surging today, 5.38% up on the day. The S&P up a little over 4%. So the rally is continuing. But as we hear that bell and we get set to wrap things up here on the Get Ready for the Future show, it's all about are you going to survive and thrive in your retirement? And it is very important in times like these John, it's, as you've often said, it is rarely as good or as bad as it seems. Last week seemed pretty bad. We yep. are starting to see things happen that can improve things like a stimulus package, as we talked about in the earlier part of this broadcast, and that has led to a very positive response uh, by investors, and we are up big so far this week, but don't let that get euphoric either. It has to be steady as she goes during these times. Absolutely. And Scott, I think one of the most important things that you could do right now is to totally guard your mind. Mm -hmm. There's going to be lots of people telling you lots of things about the economy and the economy is going to soar and the economy is going to go to hell in a handbasket, quite frankly. They're going to be telling you all of those things. That doesn't matter. What matters is your economy. What's going on in your world? For instance, if you've lost your job, get off of it. Go find another job. There, you know, Walmart's hiring 150,000 people uh, nationwide. Uh, there's all kinds of companies that are are uh, being stressed by the demand of, of basic mm-hmm. goods and services. You have opportunity. It cha- is a change of mindset, and you've got to think about your economy, not what's happening around you in the economy. It's going to do what it's going to do. You've got to t- take care of you and your family and your economy. If there are any questions that we can help you with, uh, we are a phone call away. We mentioned that our offices are closed to face-to-face meetings, but all of our advisors are working remotely and can be contacted regardless of where you are calling from. 501-653-7355. Again, 501-653-7355, the number to reach us right now at Gen Wealth Financial Advisors. We are out of time on this week's Get Ready for the Future show. We hope you'll join us again next week. The Gen Wealth Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com. 
or call our offices at 501-653-7355. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of GenWealth Financial Advisors, and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only.